Hello and welcome to FSI, Financial Services Innovators, the private community brought to you by Praxent, where we explore all things technology and innovation in fintech. I'm Tim Hamilton, founder and CEO of Praxent, and as a member of FSI, you get access to content and conversations from fintech leaders, learn about new products and network with others in fintech, banking, insurance, and wealth management. Now, for today's spotlight, please join me in welcoming Shmulek Fishman, the founder and CEO of Argyle. We'll be speaking about the challenges and opportunities surrounding employment data verification and the trends that are reshaping the world of lending. Shmulek, thank you so much for joining me today. And to kick things off, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about what Argyle does and the problem that it solves for who. Sure, thanks for inviting me. It's good to be here. Um, Argyle is an employment data platform. We enable uh, businesses to access in real time um, employment information and income information uh, on their uh, users. Um, this enables them in real time to make better decisions, whether that be for uh, real-time credit decisioning, lending, uh, repayment schedules. There's many different use cases uh, that uh, clients uh, have, uh, have uh, brought to their users through our platform. Now, this is all user permission. And I wonder, maybe could you uh, take us through the user journey of, sure. of using Argyle, what part of the technology do users touch and what part of the technology are, are, are uh, embedded into your fintech partners? Yeah, so we're a fully white labeled solution uh, where we are deeply embedded into uh, each of our clients' uh, application or experiences. Um, uh, and it's as simple as um, thinking of a button um, or thinking of uh, a single sentence uh, such as, uh, how do you make your money or who are you employed by? Um, it's a simple question that you can ask any person um, inside of an application. And when you do that, um, sort of think of a Google search, but for employment. Um, and so you start typing, uh, you know, Starbucks, or you start typing Susie's Cupcakes um, or Joe's Trucking, whoever you're employed by. Um, you find that employer, um, you log into that, uh, to that system. So you have ADP uh, credentials, you have Starbucks credentials, you have Walmart credentials, whoever you're employed by you uh, credential in just as you would normally to access your pay stubs, to access your shifts, uh, to access your, your uh, PTO, um, same set of credentials. Um, when you um, uh, authenticate in um, from a user experience, um, it says, congratulations, your account is connected. Um, and from a client experience, um, now uh, data um, uh, can stream uh, into uh, that lending or that uh, application. Everything from very high level things like what's the, that user's first name and last name, what's their birth date, to very granular information, uh, such as how many hours did they work yesterday, or how many hours have they worked today? What is their base pay? Do they contribute to 401k? These are all uh, the granular bits of uh, the employment data that make the system so powerful. Before Argyle, how, how did, uh, how was this data acquired before? It was a painstaking and manual process. It still is. Um, uh, uh, most businesses uh, operate in uh, an employment data desert. Um, uh, the, the typical way that this data is accessed is through PDFs and through emails and through phone calls, um, through credit bureaus. All systems that are uh, one manual um, have very high levels of fraud and risk associated with them um, and um, are stale. Um, meaning that um, the information that's contained on them is a point in time snapshot. If you ask somebody for their pay stub, that is information that was true at some point in time in the past. 
um, if you uh, ask a credit bureau, um, is this person employed? Most credit bureaus update their database four or five times a year. So you're looking at information that could have been true at some point in time previously. Um, and that is a huge um, uh, difference between how we're providing employment information and what the, the marketplace has been used to. The value proposition, therefore, is not only just about ease of use and speed of, of, of uh, actually reducing the cycle time for, for Rolona applications, for example, getting the employment data that, that is required in order to perform uh, credit risk decisions and underwriting decisions. But the other piece that you're, you're really making here I want to highlight is the fact that the data accuracy is a lot higher because it, it's not just a single point in time, but it it, uh, it's continuous, it's real time. And it doesn't have to just be at the beginning of that application. It, it also unlocks continuous updates, right. right? It's like a, it's not just a point in time. That's right. Um, uh, it's a persistent connection, which means that um, instead of uh, making a, a single point decision, um, you're able to have a relationship, a long-term relationship with your user where you uh, can understand, um, you know, did they get promoted? Did their title change? Did their base pay change? Um, um, these are all now questions that you can have answered in real time and have a journey or have a relationship with the user. Wow. I mean, it really unlocks uh, a, a more of a dynamic relationship between lender and borrower. If you, if yes. you imagine, yeah. It also dramatically uh, reduces friction. I think a big thing uh, that the industry talks about is uh, time to close an application or time uh, to uh, make a credit decision. Um, and if you think about that entire journey, both uh, from the borrower side, um, as well as from the business side, there's a lot of process points involved about checking a lot of boxes, uh, about uploading a bunch of different files. Uh, people build vanilla envelopes, right? Uh, they build folders. That is, uh, whether that's happening on a computer or on your desktop or actually physically happening in your office, um, that, is, uh, that is the process right now. And we are consolidating all of that um, into a single flow that is uh, completely digital, um, whereby you don't need to ask people for their W-2. You don't need to ask people for their pay stub. There, isn't, there doesn't need to be a correspondence back and forth over email um, uh, for information. You don't need to call the employer. Um, think, when you start to think about all the different process points that are involved um, in credit decisioning, we've shrunk that down into all, all but just one screen. God, there's so many use cases that um, are unlocked as a result of this. Tell us a bit about the founding story. Where did this idea so, come from? Um, this did not start um, at, uh, as a credit decisioning uh, platform um, or an employment data platform. Uh, we were very interested in uh, reducing the friction to fill out job applications. Um, uh, uh, at the time, uh, um, uh, we were on uh, Craigslist or you go on monster.com or Indeed and you see that uh, to get a job, to get a normal job at Starbucks or Chipotle or something like that, um, it takes quite a long time to fill it out. I've uh, 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 filled out applications now to work at Starbucks and at Walmart. It took me 30 minutes to get uh, uh, my application in to be a barista at Starbucks and I was trying. It takes time. Um, uh, and our, our, our initial hypothesis was, can we autofill these fields, first name, last name, birthday, address, phone number, uh, previous employer, right? These are all fields that are very common, not just for filling out job applications, but it turns out they're also very common to get a credit card, to get a loan, to rent an apartment. It's the same set of fields. Um, and so that's where, um, that's, uh, that's where we started. We started with trying to fill out a, a job applications. 
Um, and the clients that came to us um, were predominantly ones that um, were in the lending um, or uh, a payment vertical, financial institutions. Um, same data set, uh, but a very different use case than what we originally were intending. Uh, um, so it, it sounds like there's really an opportunity to create a unified data format, uh, even though the fields are different from one employer to another to another, there are slight differences and nuances, but imagine that the kind of uh, efficiency gains uh, and, and potential data insights that we could unlock by establishing a data format uh, that, that sort of uh, streamlines and consolidates all those dis uh, distinct distinctions. I think that's, that's uh, very much on point. Uh, uh, an analogy uh, I think that's uh, important is um, publicly traded companies uh, have to abide by GAAP financial standards. Um, we don't do that because it's fun. We do that because it allows us to analyze every business using the same set of standards. It's very helpful. Uh, transparency is helpful. Standards are helpful for, for everybody that is a participant in that market. Um, employment data has no standards. There is actually no federal standard uh, for a pay stub. It's the reason why every pay stub looks different. Um, there isn't actually a mandate from the federal government of the United States to issue a pay stub. The only reason why companies do it is it's a benefit to the employee. There is no mandate to do so. This is, um, this is, this, this is not good. Uh, we, should, we should expect better from employers um, and we should expect more from the marketplace. Um, we uh, have developed, uh, we, we think that uh, our, our uh, data schema is the best of its kind. And it's great to see so many different businesses use it. We spend um, a great deal of time um, making sure that regardless of, of how ADP or Walmart or Uber or YouTube um, or Rover um, stores their data, that it is normalized into a set of rows that are, are consistent uh, throughout all the different columns, columns being Walmart, Target, things like that, that exist. Um, and the more people that adopt uh, this type of, of, of uh, employment data or use uh, our platform, the more powerful these standards become. We, so there are really three stakeholders in this transaction. There's the employer, there's the employee or borrower, and then there's the lender. Do I have that right? Yeah, uh, that's right. And I wonder if you could, let's drill into the lender. Help us to, um, let's talk a bit about what's happening within the world of lending and how Argyle fits into that. What are the trends that, that, you're, uh, that are on your radar? Sure. Lenders uh, for quite some time now have been focused on sort of the um, L part of somebody's personal P&L. Um, so if you think of each uh, borrower um, as a P&L statement, um, uh, what, what we've focused a lot on is getting access to data uh, that's in a bank account, um, getting access to people's spending habits. Um, do, uh, uh, how much do you save? Uh, these are the questions that uh, are of the past that we've focused a lot on uh, over the last 10 years. Um, and again, uh, uh, people have been focusing a lot on not eliminating the PDF, but digitizing it. Um, I, I, uh, there seems to be a moment now, a, a shift in the marketplace where people are um, wanting to actually not use a PDF at all um, and focus less on how, how much somebody spends, but more on how much somebody earns. 
Um, and I think that that is the, the big shift that's happening in the market that we want to start looking at somebody's ability to pay, not their uh, cash on hand. Um, and if you can start to look at, you know, uh, money earned, but not yet deposited in a bank account, I've worked for 30 hours this week, that money is not yet in my bank, but I have, I have uh, uh, earned it, it will be deposited into this routing and account number, I can verify it with Argyle. Um, uh, that is a, a complete shift in the way to think about um, uh, making credit decisions. So as the industry shifts from looking at cash balance to earning ability, what are some of the gaps in the lending experience or the distortions or disruptions in that customer journey that we've you know, uh, lived with historically, but that now might, might actually start to get closed with technology like Argon? Yeah, uh, the, the part that we work a lot on with clients is that um, once you start actually having data that is normalized, um, that you can look at whether it's um, on a screen or um, uh, some formula that runs a calculator, um, that is actually quite different uh, than looking at a PDF. Um, and there's, um, there's a real educational experience to be had in um, starting to examine you know, uh, on-time performance, starting to examine uh, title changes, uh, starting to examine uh, contributions to healthcare, um, uh, healthcare spending. Um, uh, that educational moment, um, I think, is, is, is really great for our clients and for the market to be able to to rely on uh, real uh, granular information so you can make your own type of credit decision. I frequently tell clients that um, the only thing that I, the only difference I can see between a 600 and a 550 is that a 600 is a higher number than a 550. Other than that, I don't know what the difference is. Um, but if you can actually start to look at the actual data set uh, of somebody, the actual earnings uh, uh, capabilities of somebody, their consistency of work, I think that's where um, you get to make the better decisions or good credit decisions. So, so much more nuance and insight that could be harvested from, from this data set that can be, um, that, that could have ever been inferred from a single, a single number like 50 or a 550. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I wonder, uh, Shmuel, tell us a bit about the technology and what it takes to implement Argyle's uh, tech stack. Yeah, um, uh, I think we've been touching on a little bit, but there's, there's really two parts to it. Um, the first is uh, implementing that uh, who pays you screen uh, that we were discussing before. That takes all but 30 minutes. Um, it's very similar to implementing um, a Stripe SDK to do uh, credit card checkout. Um, uh, that, uh, and we also provide that experience uh, through a no code option as well, um, where you can log into our console. You can send an email that's white labeled with your logo on it. You can send a text message. Um, um, you can customize it so it has that user's name. So you can go all the way from like no code at all to a highly integrated experience, all very lightweight and easy to do. The second part of the integration is what we were just touching upon, which is what do I want to do with this data? How would I like to start do, uh, making better decisions, better credit decisions? Um, I can still uh, extract the pay stubs and the W-2s, we provide you those. So if you want to extract those, we can provide you. Um, but uh, the, the second part of the implementation is let's talk about how you make credit decisions today and let's give you some, um, some tools uh, about, you know, again, looking at shifts, on-time performance, uh, 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 commissions, looking at that data set and saying, can I make a better de uh, credit decision? And if I start to use some of these uh, uh, data elements or tools, raw elements, 
um, that I haven't uh, previously been able to do. And that part of the implementation does take some time. That's a conversation, right? Because now that's, um, it's not quite as much technical as one uh, 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 as a business conversation um, with, um, uh, with an entire company about how you make credit decisions. Um, the data is there. Now you need to start thinking about and it's a relationship, but how you want to use that data set um, in a new way. Yeah, it seems like the with the expanded scope of the data set, this really becomes um, an opportunity to distinguish or differentiate yourself as a lender from the approaches of others. That's right. Um, you're not just looking at basically the same the same set. Um, you, you really have an opportunity to distinguish yourself. And so, um, uh, as a lender, it seems like you can uh, you can go with a kind of an off the shelf low code or no code solution, plug it into an auto lending experience or a buy now pay later solution. But if you wanted to, you mentioned at the top uh, of our um, discussion that it is totally white label labeled. You can you can uh, put Argyle in the background and really put your brand at the forefront and create a completely white labeled experience. Yes, um, there's you know there's many aggregators uh, out there in in different verticals. Um, one of the uh, big uh, ethoses we have uh, at at Argyle is that we don't want to get in between the relationship that you have with your borrower. It is your client, not ours. Um, and so we don't want to invoke um, another brand or another uh, relationship uh, when it's not necessary, because that, that, that um, I don't, I think that creates confusion for users. Um, and it doesn't make for a good conversation between us and our clients. Um, and that's the reason why everywhere throughout the experience, it's the, uh, it's the company's logo, um, or it's no logo at all, but it's surely not ours. Um, we, uh, uh, another way to formulate that is we, we like to say if, if uh, no one knows we exist, we've done our job correctly. Um, we, we are a, a data trans transmission service. Uh, that's, that's where we start and end. Now, uh, um, staying with the implementation discussion for just one more minute. One thing yeah. that we have noticed about Argyle is that you have put a ton of effort into uh, creating beautiful technical documentation, really, really well organized. Yeah, tell us a bit about that um, and, and the decision to invest so much effort into, uh, into your technical documentation. One, by, by a trade, I am uh, a product manager. Um, I, am, uh, I am deeply fascinated, at, uh, external of Argyle itself, I'm deeply fascinated about how user experiences affect um, uh, behavior. Um, and small details about colors and fonts and uh, button sizes do have uh, effects on, on you, on me. And that's part of the reason why we've put so much effort into that. Um, as to the documentation itself, what Argyle sells at the end of the day is data. That's the only thing that we are, uh, we are transmitting. We're not making artwork. We're not making a phone. Um, we're making an Excel spreadsheet. Um, the, the only thing that we can give to our clients is data. Um, and I think because of that, it behooves us to make sure that it's uh, very organized, very easy to read, very um, um, uh, fleshed out in terms of what you can do with it. Um, and uh, the way that we've, we've done many iterations on our documentation, but um, if somebody asks a question more than once, it means that there should be a documentation article about it. Um, and that has that guiding philosophy has has produced uh, what um, uh, what what we internally call the the museum of selected documents. Um, uh, but we we very much think that uh, 
that the documentation is is a form of art um, and that it uh, it should hold up to that. Wow, I've never I've never what a what a um, it's a really uh, design thinking informed or user centered design approach or philosophy to to documentation. How refreshing! Thank you for sharing that. I I wonder it. I'm really curious to understand. Um, we've talked a lot about lending and use cases within lending. Um, are there other use cases or industries that are on the radar for you? How else could this data unlock use cases across other industries? So we're always uh, surprised with the uh, the new ideas that clients come to us with. Um, I, I think each week we hear a new use case um, for the same data set. Um, you can think about, you know, tax contributions, um, uh, uh, auto management of a 401k plan, um, changing uh, uh, payouts from uh, from one bank to another, um, all using the same data set. I think we've just really scratched the surface of what you can do with the infrastructure of employment data. Um, so there are many, there are many sort of uh, industries that come top of mind. Lending is definitely one of them. Uh, sort of financial services is definitely one of them. But there's a bunch of things um, that um, have nothing to do with finance at all that still can very much leverage uh, employment data. I'm actually quite fascinated by a subset of our clients that are doing uh, work optimizations where um, uh, they ask their users to connect all the different places that they work. The average uh, American now works more than one job. Um, there are some, there are some uh, users that connect six, seven, eight uh, different places that they make money from. Um, and there's a, a, a really interesting um, a new market for, uh, uh, for, for optimizing work where on Monday you should drive for Uber, um, on Tuesday you should work at Starbucks. Uh, that's different if you're in California or if you're in Texas. Um, again, this has nothing to do with uh, financial services. Um, it has to do with how to optimize your earnings and you're using the employment data set to do so. Um, I think there's something really fascinating about that. And I bet you there are 10 more of those sort of ideas out there. That is fascinating. I, I cannot wait to follow those and, uh, and, and yeah. see, see, see how that evolves in time. Um, in closing, Shmulek, what, what in your mind is the number one thing for people to know about Argyle? That you don't need to rely on a credit bureau or a pay stub any longer. That does not need to be the best, uh, the best of it. Uh, we, you can do something more than that. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's great to be leading that charge. Well, thank you so much, Shmulek. This has been a delight to interview you and learn more about Argyle. So thanks yeah. again. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember that you can join our LinkedIn group by searching FSI, Financial Services Innovators, and also subscribe to our podcast by doing the same.